Welcome to the new media show, where each Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, UTC plus 4, Todd Cochran and Rob Greenlee take their over 30 combined years of leadership in the podcasting space to discuss, dissect, and deconstruct the current podcasting news, forecasts, trends, and predictions. Now here are your hosts, Academy of Podcasting Hall of Famers, Todd Cochran and Rob Greenlee. Rob, welcome to uh, the new media show. Yeah, well, welcome back yourself. <laughs> hey, we've got a, you know, this week is uh, been a busy week for me. Lots of snow, weird weather. Wow. I'm actually getting a lot done this week. The week before, man, my productivity sucked, but I've been on firing on all cylinders. <laughs> Good. Well, that's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. It is. And all kinds of meetings. And I think yeah, we're all doing the rush before the, uh, before the end of the year. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's wrapping up quick. It's and, very yeah. going to wrap up very quick. Yep. And, you know, it's the beginning, it's the end, it's the beginning of a, of the end of 2000, right. Uh, 21, but it's also, I think, and I'm starting to think more about 2022 and what that is going to look like. Um, so in the spring, we're going to both be probably very busy. Um, hopefully going to conferences, uh, it's looking more and more like that's probably going to be the case, um, that things are going to, uh, stay pretty calm on the COVID side. So we shall see though, but I'm cautiously optimistic that things should, uh, pass by us pretty quickly on that. I got so. a, um, message from the IB saying mm-hmm. that their annual yeah. thing is going to be in person. I so, saw that too. Yeah. So that, right. that's, that's good news. And mm-hmm. then of course, uh, boost selection is going on for NAB at right. this point. And, uh, matter of fact, we've been doing a little collaborating with uh, the other Rob to try to, cause there's no podcast area. We're the, well, only, we're the, we're the only two companies there, I think. Right. right? And, yeah. and you yeah. guys get to pick tomorrow. We don't get to pick till the 12th cause you guys got a higher number than we do. Cause you go to more events than mm-hmm. we do. Mm-hmm. So we've been trying to, you know, strategically figure out, okay, who's not going to take this 10 by 10 so we can be next to each other or very, right. very close. Right. And it's not proving to be very easy. Um, right. so Rob's working it with the NAB guy and hopefully we can yeah. get we close. Can something out, yeah. Right? Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of disappointing because, you know, I got all my arrangements set up to go to the, the last time, Yep. you know, got all my travel stuff together. I mean, everything. And then I had to cancel everything. It's like starting over again all the time. But, uh, but that's, that's the nature of the game right now. But, uh, but yeah, it's exciting. It's going to be like every month there, there's going to be an event coming up in the spring. Yeah. So I booked to go to CES. So I'm going to be at CES. Okay. And yeah, I'm, I'm not cur- currently booked to go to CES. Is there good stuff going on there around podcasting? Or? No, no. It's just for, I didn't my, think so. for my tech yeah. show. So I'm going from the 2nd to the 9th. And I'm, you know, I usually spend t- 10 or more days. So I'm only spending a week this time. I'm getting the show's weird. It's Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to get in a few days early and do a few Vegas things and then come back on Sunday and be ready to go back to you know, be at the JLB Monday morning, but, right. um, you know, I, I do have to, <laughs> that's, I will burn some PTO finally, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. 
but yeah, it's going to be exciting to get back. It's not going to be like the old days though, no. of, of doing multiple events on one trip. Um, yeah. but it's going to be like once every month, it's almost going to be almost like rhythmic. <laughs> I don't think there's anything in February. Is there? Um, I don't think we get started until uh, NAB and then it's, I think, yeah, well, when is Podfest? I think Podfest. Oh, that's late. Oh, is that later? Is that in like, uh, May? I'm trying to remember. Uh, let me see here. Yeah, it's in May. Yeah. Right. I think that's in May. Yes. Yeah, so, yes. Yeah, so I think you're right. I think April's the first, first stab at it. And then, and then, and then bang, bang, bang after that. Right. right. But the question is, will they come? They, they will have, but will they come? That will is the question. Will people attend? That, that right. is a huge question, yep. I, I think. I think we're going to just, I, I'm going to opt to go very small at NAB. And right. we will probably go very small for mm-hmm. LA. I can't, I, I'm debating even if I'm going to take two people. I might take just me. Yeah. And then PodFest again, maybe small. I don't know. It's just, again, I... I'm going to send five. Probably what will happen is I'll send two people and we'll need five because just, I just don't know what the attendance is going to be. Yeah. I don't either. NAB, you can't do solo. It's too, it's too big. It's too long of hours to do, to do solo. And plus, you know, you absolutely know there's going to be a mask mandate. We're going to have to wear a mask all week and uh, spending 10 hours in a mask just sucks. You know, 10 hours straight every day. Of course, that's what, you know, healthcare workers do, but I'm not a healthcare worker. Yeah. And I would imagine you and I are both doing, doing a session at NEB, um, cause that's what the plan was prior. Um, but I, I do, you know, I haven't heard confirmation on that, but I do, um, have a plan to try and get an opportunity at each of these events to do this show live on stage at those events. So, um, so hopefully we can, we can pull that off and keep our, our string alive. <laughs> yeah, we, we will see. Right. But, um, right. yeah, anyway, it's, it's, it, I'm looking forward to, we've got a lot, you know, as a company, I've got a lot of things popping at the beginning of the year and, uh, culmination of a whole bunch of stuff. And so we're, we're excited about, you know, come January, mid January, when we start unveiling the curtain of a few things we've been working on. So, right. um, but it's going to be one of those ongoing continual things. We it's like, it's a, it's you basically, yeah, I won't go into any details, but yeah, we got a lot of stuff coming. Yeah. <laughs> if I, if I even hint, I'm going to be crucified. So <laughs> you can't even tease. No, right? can't even tease. The temptation is so great to tease. <laughs> but um, but one thing's for sure is that we're starting, at least I'm starting to see, um, and many of the calls that I'm having, and of course, I, I do a lot of calls recently with a lot of big companies, is that um, they fully understand the value of owning their brand and on their own, on their own website. You know, they don't want their content being split three ways to Sunday. And, um, so it's, it's in matter of fact, one company had a whole bunch of shows everywhere. Each division had, you know, different hosts and everything. So they're consolidating, you know, companies are, 
getting organized now and bringing all the shows and, you know, big, big, you know, fortune 500 companies are bringing the 10 or 15 shows that each company may have and making sure that they're all under mm -hmm. whoever's hosting platform, ours, yours, whoever, you know, they consolidate them mm -hmm. and get control of that process. So on the corporate side, that's, that's a good thing. Um, but I think we're going to start seeing, continued growth of networks too. The networks continue to pop up everywhere. You almost, anyone now that really wants to grow, 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 probably should be part of a, a network if they can, if they can find yeah. one that, 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 you know, doesn't sign, make them sign their life away. Yeah, I agree with that. And, and I've been doing a lot of thinking and I, I, and I think we started talking about this in last week's episode, but starting to think about, you know, what's coming, what's, uh, what's the next thing, what's the evolution in the medium, um, heading towards right now. And I think <clears throat> the, the more I think about it, and I'm starting to write some articles about this stuff too. So I'm going to be putting out some articles here in the next week or two, um, talking about some of this stuff, but, um, just the professionalization of the medium is, is just really, it seems like it's picking up steam. I, I don't know if you think about that, Todd, especially given what we're seeing in the overall number of podcasts, like, which is like 4.4 million and how many of them are actually active. Well, um, it doesn't change it, very much. Well, yeah. And it's, and it's like, um, what does that mean? You know, and then how, how so many podcasters are screaming for, uh, marketing and building audience and monetization and all this stuff, you know, some of these things kind of, um, are showing signs of, uh, things that are kind of changing in the industry. Um, and some of them are worrying signs, you know, as you think about how many shows that have stopped producing, you know, over 4 million, um, that have essentially stopped. Um, uh, what does that mean about where we are? Um, does it mean that, um, we're just not going to grow as fast going forward as far as new shows, or are we reshuffling the type of shows that are being created now? Are there, are, are they shows that are being produced by people that are more serious? Um, ones that have to approach this with more resources, right? More people, whatever that might be. I just wonder, you know, Todd, I don't know if you're thinking about this stuff too. Well, I, I think what you have I mean, is a small segment of shows, right? let's say 5,000 shows. Right. I'm going to, that's a big number. Yeah. That's being well, sure. generous. 5,000 that are under some sort of umbrella. Right. And of a big network or. Yeah. But again, I think maybe even that right. number is big. Maybe it's only 3,000, you know, I, that'd be interesting mm -hmm. work for someone to see how many shows are underneath big umbrellas. Right. But you know, I'm looking here at the podcast index and 395,000 shows have produced an episode in the last 60 days, 452,000 in the last 90 days. But we also have to understand that, and, and let me bring this screen up. So those of you who are watching, 4,461,202 shows. Okay, right. two to two and a half million of those, or maybe two million of those, are dead anchor shows. Yeah, probably. Yeah. So, so the space, I mean, it's has not it. all anchors fault, but anchor has contributed the most, right? Well, there's it, a lot of free <laughs> hosting platforms out there, right? So there's a lot so, of dead, right. you know, right. you know, and, and it's included in that number. Mm -hmm. So, right. 
you know, the, the space has continued. Here's my contention. The space has continued to have steady, continuous growth with these outliers of dead shows. Yeah. It's growing the overall numbers, right? We've grown a lot in the last year, mm-hmm. but have we grown in a, in a sustainable way? Um, and that's, well, that, that's the question. Here. Well, I got asked this question the other day. Did, you know, did we make a, bi- a billion and maybe, <laughs> <laughs> maybe we, oh, on the ad sales side, you know, I, I did an interview. Well, I yeah. did a pre-interview with Newsy and I don't know. If yeah. You, you, yeah. I saw that. Yeah. And in the pre-interview, I basically told them, I'm like, listen, you know, yeah, there's this, and they had the number wrong. They said 2.4 million in the show. And yeah, so Which I'm, I'm hearing that more and more. I hear people re- refer to the size of the medium <laughs> yeah. as two, 2 million. Yeah, and I'm like, saying, well, where'd that data come I have from? No I've seen idea. that data in like three years now, two I years have, now. Right. And I have no idea where they got it, but you know, yeah. and, and I told them in the pre-interview, I said, listen, there's really only about 400,000 active shows. And only about three to 5% of those are, you know, significantly monetized. So I, you know, I'm like, you know, and, and of course what you discuss in a 20 minute pre-interview, there is no way gets covered in a four minute and 27 second segment, (laughs) you know? So it, and it was funny. They had Ron Bloom on as well. Oh, they did. Yeah. There's all all people. Yeah. He'd been interviewed and talked about adam and dave and you know it's kind of funny but um that's a throwback yeah so they were talking to early people that were in the space but ron hasn't Uh, been in the space and for a long time you know like yeah like 14 years or something yeah and 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 from what i recall that that didn't exactly end well (laughs) no it did not (laughs) left a mark (laughs) you know and a lot of podcasters don't like ron bloom you know at least the ones that are still around right yeah there's a few know of his name yeah they do and uh, that you know that's it's all about pod show. You guys can go Google. (laughs) And, um, so I think that without these outliers, let's say anchor never existed. Mm -hmm. Let's just put it there. I think we wouldn't be over 2.5. Well, an anchor came very close to not existing. (laughs) (laughs) Very close. Very like uh, days and hours, you know, right. Yeah. Their runway was done. (laughs) Right. But, you know, congratulations again. We've talked this old news, but, um, so it just amazes me though, the number of of shows over there that I see asking that, you know, they are hopelessly, oh, if you're an anchor show, I'm sorry, but the majority of people, they're hopelessly clueless. And not all, a percentage, a percentage, a percentage. And, and then these claims are out that it's, you know, again, we're starting to see stuff where quote unquote Spotify's number one. And I'm just like, <laughs> so I saw you guys came out with your list. So we're going to come out with a list. We're going to unveil the skirt and we're going to show our list sometime next week. And it's just like, you know, we're, you know, we see actuals. I don't, if you're a small network and you have great success on Spotify, well, you are an outlier. <laughs> right. Good for you. Yeah. And if you have good success as a show, great, you know, but it should bring into question if they are doing well over there, is it because they're not promoting other places? Is it because their hosts are 
not reminding people where they can, because I listen to podcasts till today and people still say, go get us on iTunes. Right. You know, and I'm like, oh. You know. yeah, I think it is a little bit of a, I think we've talked about this many times, but it, I think it is a demographic um, orientation, right? I think we have seen, since Spotify's really jumped into the space, we've seen a fast growth yeah, in younger, listeners yep. in the younger end of the demographic sure, spectrum. Sure, And I think that's probably where that's coming from. But they tend to be not as heavily podcast consumers. No, no. Right. Which probably explains why there's such a big differential between Apple and Spotify mm. on the on the listening side, yeah. Yeah. right? And so. amongst platforms too, it's and it's really you know it seems like some people migrate mm-hmm. to different platforms, um, right? I had I had come up with a slogan that, well, basically we know who our customers are. You know, we know. And, uh, they're not people that play. There's people that are serious about building content, mm-hmm. you know, about building a brand. It's, you know, we know who they are and they're, you know, they're, they're indies and their businesses and they're, you know, we, so from that perspective, I really don't have a, um, identity crisis, I guess, from where, you know, who knowing who our customers are, cause we do. We know mm-hmm. those personas, and I'm sure you guys do too. So, right. you know, and I know where my butter's bread. My butter's the bread on the butter is done by independent podcasters. Yeah, we right. love we love our content. We love our corporate customers. Don't get me wrong, but and I think one thing I want would like to clarify on this a little bit too is that just because a the industry is professionalizing to some degree and more and more podcasters are getting help in the production or the marketing or the support of their shows doesn't mean that they're, they're not independent podcasters. They, they are, um, in the vast majority of cases. Um, but there is this movement towards audiences getting attracted to, you know, shows coming out of these big networks and, mm-hmm. and these big platforms. And that's only, you know, I, I, I think that's growing, um, on the audience side and it's helping to grow podcasting just from a reach and, and total audience perspective. Um, so I think this conversation gets convoluted at, at, at times. Um, but also, you know, Todd, I wanted to mention too, I don't know if you read pod news today, um, but to kind of migrate this discussion over to a somewhat related topic is um, James Cridlin over there uh, raised a very good question in there about um, some of the missing shows that are related to some of Spotify's announcements over the oh, last yeah. year. I don't know if you saw that or not, but I thought, hmm, that's, that's an interesting coincidence, um, around, you know, from the convergence of these issues around being a part of a network or being a part of a big platform and getting some marketing assistance around that. Um, but in this case, it seems to be that it's all about the marketing and less about the content. Um, and that's, what's a little bit, um, worrisome about this, right? It's, yeah, it's a little bit of smoke and mirrors, huh? Yeah, is it? And I guess that that's that's the big question is is really all these announcements being announced uh, or leaked to try and get the deals done or nail them down, and they never happen, or exactly what's what's going on here? Why are there so many announcements about podcasts being deals done and spot you know, and then all these PR companies working 
to drive all, all these, the, these new deals to Spotify and then they never happen. Well, what's going on with that? Well, question. Maybe good at announcing, maybe not good at execution. Yeah. Or all these projects are still pending. Hmm. Who knows? Right. Right. I guess when James r- reached out to Spotify for clarification on this, um, <clears throat> they kind of went silent, which kind of tells me that, uh, maybe there's not a lot of internal communication on the follow-up on these things. And I, I posted to Twitter, maybe, um, James needs to, needs to recalibrate recal- his coverage and only, uh, mention things that have actually happened. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. So, yeah. Well, you know, I, I think too, is that so much focus is giving to these announcements. Yeah. Oh, they did this, they did that. It makes it they, all of a sudden they look like they're an attractive acquisition target. And, you know, I, we, you know, we've all seen the little games that have been played throughout the years. Yeah. I can start, I, I can right. make, I can start making all kinds of announcements too. Boy, I could, right. I could, Blueberry has signed, you know, 10 brand new podcaster clients for exclusive content. Who's yeah. going to, who's going to follow up. Right. Well, it's, it's, it it, it kind of feels a little bit similar to what we've seen with, with Spotify talking about, well, they've got $3.5 billion to spend on podcasting. Yeah. Well, really do they, or is that just trying to spin up the industry? Right. Um, nobody's going to hold them accountable to that. Right. Mm -hmm. So, Yeah. I mean, it, 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 this does feel like a, a consistent thread here of, um, trying to pump up their, their perception. Yeah. I actually tell my audience, don't go listen on Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder why that is Todd. Yeah. Again, you know where your bread is, um, your where bread my, is butter. Where right? my tech show audience is. Right, yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. You know. So, and that's typically not on Spotify. So why would you? Right. right? Yeah. So, yeah. I jokingly so, say it though. I said, you can, you know, you can do whatever you want to do. But there was something James had tweeted and I guess I missed it, but he had tweeted something to the fact that he'd received a DMCA takedown. Yeah. I saw that too. Did he post that in the newsletter anywhere? I don't remember seeing it this week. He, he said he was going to report on it. So maybe it's still in still being, still worked, being on, I think. worked on. Yeah. So, you know, what happens is and it happens to us daily. Right. Take your, take my podcast off your platform. And we're like, okay, we are a directory as well. Right. Um, we'll happily take you off. I didn't want to be here. So we remove their listings. And then in, mm-hmm. <laughs> what's funny is about 50% of them come back later and say, can, can, can you turn it back on, please? <laughs> you know, so it's like they get an education. They don't understand right. that RSS is real simple syndication. It's open and can be pulled from anywhere. Right. You know, so I had explained that to a corporate client. They're like, well, we want to be limited to here and here. I'm like, well, once your RSS feed is in the wild, <laughs> I said, uh, you can submit here and here, but there's no guarantee that it won't be picked up other places. And they're like, well, we don't agree with their terms of service. I'm like, well, your show may still show up there. 
You know, it's just like you'll have to ask them to take it off. Even if you submit it, if you don't submit it, it may still show up because some people are auto adding shows. Right. Right. Yeah, that's true. So I guess there was uh, a study that came out from signal Hill insights and cumulus media. Mm. Uh, it's the podcast download fall 2021 report. And it, and uh, this is this is directly from Pod News. So if you wanted to read more about this, it says that Spotify is the platform people say they use the most, beating Apple and YouTube. It's an interesting combination there. Newer podcast lit listeners are likely to be women, the research says, and two out of five weekly podcast listeners no longer have a cable TV subscription. So they're they're kind of combining a lot of stuff together there, but. Um, I, I don't know what that means. 18 to 35 year olds do not have cable TV subscriptions. Right. My kids don't. None of them do. They, they do have Netflix, Hulu. Right. Whatever else he's, you know, they have four or five or six of the other ones. Yeah. yeah I think it's, I think it's funny. It, it, it doesn't say in here that, that uh, Spotify is the platform that people use most to listen to podcasts. It, huh. I guess, I guess it's implied, but, um, you know, what does most in this context mean is the question, right? Yeah. Are they, how many times are they listening to content over there or what it is? But yeah, it's interesting how all this research is coming out and is always touting about how, how big Spotify is. Mm -hmm. We should, we should go on a Spotify talking band for a week or two. But. Yeah. Well, they seem to get a lot of coverage in pod news. That's for sure. Well, and in other places out there. Yep. It seems like it, I don't know why everyone's so down on everybody else. They, I guess maybe those other, other people out there aren't putting out as many, uh, press many PR announcements, I guess. So get with it, Todd. But and we will too. They call it the podcast download report, but it's really not a download report because it's a radio. Thing. It's, 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 it's user thing. survey stuff. So it's, it should be right. podcast user survey report, not download report. It's right. very deceiving in its title. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's interesting. Yeah, but it does yeah. it does follow some things that we already knew. Podcast content preferences differ significantly by gender. Of the top five most listened to podcast genres among men and women, there are just two types of podcast. Comedy and news slash current events in common among men, the top five genres are sports, tech, business. Among women, the top are storytelling, drama, true crime, entertainment, pop culture, and education. Mm-hmm. Uh, so not surprised there at all on the ladies choices. Yeah. So. Yeah. Todd, I saw that the, the Asia podcast festival 2021 is actually, I, I guess it's happening right now or it just happened. Yeah. I'm uh, not sure. I think it, it happened. Let's say, uh, I said it held, took place. Held November sixth to December third, so I guess it's a it was a long, but I guess it was followed up with a two day conference, 
in Asia. And I know that we don't talk a lot about Asia on this show, so I would like to in the new year kind of um, – because there seems to be a lot of things starting to bubble up over there uh, in that part of the world. What's interesting is the Philippines yeah. has always had a pretty good podcast presence and largely because the majority of their population speak English as a English. second language. Right. And um, Singapore sense. would as well. Yeah. Um, because a large percentage of the population, you know, it's either, you know, Singapore is a melting pot, you right. know, between you know, Malay, Chinese, it, it, just run, it runs everything, but the, you know, kind of like the business working is English there. So, um, that's not said in Thailand. Thailand is not. Thailand doesn't have a high number of English speaking people, neither does Vietnam. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think it really depends on the country and, and again, uh, local languages are, you know, local language podcasts are, I'm sure doing okay, but, uh, in those countries, but you know, I don't hear too many, at least they don't surface on my side of too many podcasts that originate. You know, if you look at the Asia region mm -hmm. in general, um, you know, do we know of any shows in Vietnam or, or, or Thailand or and none, none that I'm aware of. And I'm sure someone knows, but in Japan, yeah. culturally j podcasts are not that big either. So, mm -hmm. yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. There's a lot of people there, so yeah. there's a lot of room to grow. A lot of room. So maybe we can get uh, someone that was is that was involved in that to. Well, we've had um, Norman Cella on this show. Yeah, before. I wonder if he was involved with that. Yeah, yeah, he was a speaker at it, and uh, so was James Cridlin. Yeah, he was a speaker at it as well. Yeah, I'm looking at their list of speakers. There's a lot of folks out of Asia, which is good that they access mm. local people on that. Um, yeah, it was a good. It was but a they said good they had. They said had a, a thousand people. Yeah, it was so a was good it, selection was of it in, speakers. Was it? In, it was. Oh, it was virtually. Well, yeah, uh, and a follow-on two-day conference. I wonder how many people attended the two-day conference. Yeah, that would be the number I'd like to see. <clears throat> right. Because if they had a thousand people, then does that mean, you know, that, that, that's a 21 day, 40, then, you know, you can get to a thousand pretty quick. So, yeah. So if you go to Asia podcast festival.com, mm -hmm. you can click and get access to the watch on demand mm -hmm. um, of the sessions that they had over there. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So I see that they, they, they have up, it looks like six sessions um, is what that, I don't know if that's all the sessions or if that's just a sampling of the sessions, but yeah, it's good to kind of get a snapshot of what's happening out of that part of the country or that part of the world um, to see what's going on. I find it interesting that there is a story about big oil delivery, <clears throat> filling your favorite podcast with greenwashing advertising. Oh, and okay. Yeah. I think I did see that. This is programmatic. That was running on shows, and uh, so they were basically, uh, you know, they bought against these shows, programmatic advertising. So some of the podcasters were not happy 
But that's what happens when you're on programmatic. You don't get a choice on which ads get run on your run on your podcast. Right. That's true. Yeah. They yeah, said, we Oh, don't. we wouldn't have done we wouldn't have allowed that, you know. <laughs> yeah. So you give up a little control for the ability to automate your monetization. That's right. And that's that's the trade-off that we're we're all. I mean, I think this whole industry is going to be faced with that question a lot more as we look to the future. As so we is, look to what's is, coming. Is everyone going to start? Everyone in programmatic going to start their shows? We're not responsible for the advertising that happened at the beginning of this show. You know, do not those advertisers do not reflect the opinions of the host of this podcast. <laughs> wow. I'm sure that'll do wonders for their ROI, won't it? <laughs> well, if they've, if the ads have already been delivered too late, they've gotten paid for them. Right. 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 Oh boy. But I could see a lot of podcasters saying that, you know, give this disclosure. Right. <clears throat> I happen on a, um, <laughs> I, I never listened to NPR ever. And for some reason, I don't know. I, I was taking a break. I was listening to some music. I was scanning through some guys you know, in my car and I got an NPR station and, you know, they're talking about something. I left it there for a little bit and it was something about Facebook, about Meta. And then it, they said, precluding the article, we want to announce that NPR does receive funding from, from Meta, but it does not reflect uh, the reporting. And you know, it's like, we, it's like they made this excuse that we still remain independent. But it wasn't just that. It was like three spots in a row where they say the NPR gets funding from this, but it doesn't reflect that we're not, you know, we're going to honestly and accurately, you know, it's such BS because you know, mm -hmm. you know that if you, if you have a sponsor, an underwriter, you're going to be very, very careful Mm -hmm. On what you you're you're not going to push too hard. You're not going to say too much negative stuff. When pharma right now is m advertising on the majority of mainstream media programming, no one is going to say anything bad about Pfizer. No one's going to say anything bad about Moderna. No one's going to say anything bad about these companies. Yeah, because they're paying all the bills. They're paying, they're paying all the bills. Those salaries of those hosts that are sitting behind the the camera. So right? sitting in front of the camera. So they always talk about we're doing fair reporting, we're doing fair announcements, we're doing fair analysis, we're doing. Right. And yet, you know, you absolutely know, that's not the case. So whereas in programmatic, you don't know what's coming, right? When you have a sponsor. Well, you can select a category of ads, right? Or you can, or you can decline categories of ads. Right, right. You can decline political, adult, gambling, CBD, weed. You know, you can just you can exclude certain categories. Mm -hmm. But still, if the advertiser classifies it one way and it gets in there, so technically, you could, as a podcaster run full blast on any article because you're recording your show going full blast on whoever you're going full blast on. Let's say you're going, let's say you've picked a, you have a target company that you're pissed off about. Mm -hmm. You record the show and it's full on blast about company X. You don't know when that media gets published, if company X's ad is going to run at the front of your show, you have no clue. 
Right. It could because it's programmatic. They bought against the show. So the podcaster may, in, in this situation, should not be blamed because they didn't know they were going to advertise on their show. But they will be. Well, their audience, that's where the right? podcaster needs to come back on their show and say, listen, we're not responsible. I'm not responsible for what ads happen. I've, I have deselected these specific categories of content, but it, it came through anyway. So you can't, you can't count on everything. Right. So I think as podcasters, you're just going to have to be aware that this is going to happen. If you're running programmatic, there's going to be an ad run on your show that you may not agree with. Right. My suggestion is cool. We didn't have any control of it. They helped us spread the message about how bad they really are. <laughs> so, because the media buyer that's buying that doesn't know what that show has said about the company. They have no clue. Right. It's a matter of fact, a computer's buying most of that content based on the on category, on, on the content. Not, mm-hmm. not at all for... You know, they're not, they're they're not searching at least most, well, there's a few companies that are searching the content and then trying to back it into whatever ads show up on that show. Hey, Todd, I found a, 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 a quote from the CEO of YouTube. Oh, yes. Talking, talking about podcasting. Mm -hmm. Very, very cagey response. Are you, so you've read the, the answer to yeah, that? Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. And for those who haven't heard okay. it, go ahead and read it. All right. Um, they so, say, uh, she, she says, we're excited about podcasting for sure, but that's a place where there's also many different companies. I don't know why she's saying that, but, um, but we do think it's a good opportunity for people who are producing podcasting to generate revenue, um, and have more distribution. We crossed the 50 million subscribers for our YouTube music and premium service. Interesting how she's combining the conversation about podcasting with YouTube music sure. and the premium service. So we, we know that users are paying for the, the service and, and more we can offer more podcasts there. We think there's really a valuable service for our users. So I have many things that could keep me up at night, but I'm also excited about innovation. And that's really why I ultimately came to Google and YouTube, just the ability to continue to create and use technology to improve our lives. And that's uh, what what I'm hoping to do more as we look to the coming years. Boy, that was kind of a no comment comment. It was a cagey comment. Right. Talking around it. But I think the key takeaway is her comment about the the linkage of podcasting with the 50 million subscribers to YouTube Music yeah. and the YouTube Premium service. So right. you can kind of see where she's going with that, I think. And she talked about advertising a little bit as well. So I think the and here's here's where we all have to be tempered just a little bit. Mm-hmm. YouTube only pays their video creators if they reach so many million views or whatever million hours or some ridiculous number. 
100,000 viewing hours or something to that effect. This show does not get monetized through YouTube. You cannot tip us. If you're watching us right now on YouTube, you can't tip us because we, we're not monetized. But the right. um, going back to that thought, okay, so you put podcast on YouTube music. Okay. Then isn't there going to be a bit of a conflict because you're going to have podcasters putting their podcast on YouTube and they'll be on YouTube music. When you do a search, aren't those interchangeable? I don't know. I thought those two services were tied to the hip. Num number one, number two, uh, what happens uh, when only those that get high number of streams get paid or do they follow the Spotify model where you're not getting nothing? You're not getting a dime. We're going to continue to enrich our platform and, and have people pay for ad free music to get ad free podcasting and screw the podcaster. We, you know, we're going to have this content available to their, to our user base. Yeah, I mean, I think it, there's an opportunity for, for YouTube here of differentiating between audio and video. Um, so you have the video. So you could do some combination of referential links back and forth between probably more put the audio in a, podca a YouTube podcast area and then have that YouTube podcast area um, link to the video experience for that show if it exists, right? Um, which more and more I, I think is, is happening with podcasts. Uh, I think there's dual production going on more and more. And I think that there's going to be effort more and more efforts in that area. I think as we look forward, um, but I do think that the combination of, uh, free podcasts plus premium podcasts is probably the strategy that she's talking about here. She's just not defining it mm -hmm. entirely quite yet. Um, because some, I don't know that they're going to automatically, and I do talk to some new people in the industry that are coming in thinking, you know, kind of like what has happened many times over the years. And it's kind of like deja vu is mm -hmm. that they'll come in and they'll think they can uh, cash the episodes and, and get into an advertising relationship with the content creator. <laughs> and, and I, I'm like going, okay. Um, many of the, the shows that you would want to do a deal like that probably are already doing dynamic and assertion. Um, and you're basically cutting them off at the knees and you're capturing a version of that episode that has already advertising and eventually will be old advertising. And you're going to add more advertising to that. Uh, I'm not sure you've thought that all the way entirely through. Um, so ultimately <laughs> you're going to be asking us for an ad free version of the show, right? That right. we provide you, uh, that then you can do a deal with the content creator to add advertising to it. And that creates a much better experience for listeners and the content creator, but that's a whole nother, that's like a heavy lift, right? That's yep. not something that they can just like, well, we can bring in all these shows and then we can just turn on monetizing. Mm -hmm. right? right. So, you know, that gets back a little bit to with YouTube too, right? You publish a episode into there, they're, they're going to want to host it so they can monetize it. Right. Right. Um, but the problem is, is that doesn't really work in the ecosystem of podcasting. It's not like we're uploading directly to YouTube unless they're going to do that. We'll see. Yeah, I think that what will end up happening is it's going to be a mess because you're going to have, let's say they, let's say they 
they, they, they're, 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 they're YouTube, excuse me, their podcast team should be smart enough to know. Keyword is should be smart enough right. to know right. that caching is going to piss people off. So yeah. Yeah. if you don't cache and you're still dropping ads in front, then you could end up with, it could be ugly. Yeah. It could be real ugly. Yeah. And it's not, it's not the best way to drive revenue for YouTube either doing that that way. Right. Yeah. I guess people um, stop listening. Right. It just turns into junk audio at that point. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think it's, it's already pretty disruptive how YouTube does their advertising, even on the video side, mm -hmm. uh, where they just jump in mid sentence. I do think, um, that that algorithm that they're using to do the insertion is, is getting a little better. Um, it does tend to, it's, I think artificial intelligence or machine learning will, will improve that, right. Where they can find locations in the content that maybe are a little bit more of a seamless transition, right. Then going from one word to the next, right. Like they sometimes do. So and break in between. <laughs> well, I, I guess time will tell um, yeah. what happens here, but uh, they've been kind of quiet. And meanwhile, uh, Facebook has broke the 1% mark over at Libsyn. And I'll let you know next week where they're at at Blueberry. Yeah. Well, I think it's, I think we're just seeing, seeing the beginning of that. Yeah. My numbers uh, for my tech show are way up. Uh, largely driven, you know, I might be in the category of being able to get 20 or 25% of my audience from Facebook on that show. I, yeah. it, it's impressive so far. I mean, I would think that this show can, might do okay over there too. Potentially. We just need more, more people need to follow our page. Right. So I guess we should Jump link on to, over there. We All should right. link to that in the show notes so people can follow our page or like our page. Yeah. Uh, for the new media show. Yes, we do have one. We don't post anything in it. <laughs> We're very bad stewards of that. <laughs> yeah, Todd, I have noticed, and this has nothing to do with what you have or have not done. Um, I've noticed, and this is more of a reflection of some of the uh, the alternative listening platforms that are out there for podcasts that are not picking up changes to metadata in feeds. Uh, I think that's still going on. Wow. Um, because I've seen a couple of, platforms that are still showing me in the description in this show is still working for Spreaker. That's crazy. So, you know, I think that there's still, you know, some shoring up that needs to happen around, um, platforms updating, um, the, the, the metadata mm -hmm. artwork, whether it be descriptions, things like that too. So, yeah, I'm trying to look and see how many people we actually have. Does it tell me how many people 492 people follow our page on Facebook. Mm -hmm. 448 like this. So uh, here's your opportunity to go over there and uh, and uh, go ahead and like the page. Just search for New Media Show on Facebook. And uh, get her done. <laughs> yeah, uh, definitely. Join us over there, and uh, you can watch it live over there, too. Yeah, so, yeah, because yeah. I cross-posted over there when we're live. Yeah. 
Well, I don't so, know. I, I think that uh, I, I don't know what to expect for next year. You know, it used to be there was a clear direction where things were headed. I don't know if I've got that feel right now yet. Feels like more of the same. Well, I think I think you're exactly right. I think it's kind of always been that way. I've always taken the 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 word positioning on the next year is what what's the evolution, right? It's not. I think we're past the era of revolution. I think we're we're definitely in the era of evolution. Yep. Um, it's it's the incremental that is what happens. Um, though I think the pandemic really caused a pretty significant shift, but I'm not sure that it, I would say that the shift was entirely positive for the industry. I think it just caused a different dynamic in the industry. Um, because we're still struggling to hit that $1 billion mark in advertising. Right. Uh, I don't think it's really been confirmed. And I'm not sure that how exactly we will actually confirm that Todd. Um, mm. Because nobody's really tracking the total ad sales revenue for the industry, are they? Uh, IB does accurately, though. I mean, yeah, they 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 they, they pull us every year on how much our well our membership. Um, yeah, but not everybody's a member, right? Well, that's true. So they can only report on well most of the podcast companies that do advertising are on or with IB. And I assume most of them submit numbers. And a lot of shows go out and get sponsorships, direct sponsorships too. That never that's, gets tracked. Uh, that's probably true. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't, again, the IB has a report. I don't know if they extrapolate that any further than further or not. I don't know. It'd be interesting to have the, IAB folks on, on again. Oh, I did, uh, briefly talk to Marco Arment oh. from Overcast and he said he's game for coming on sometime in January. So, mm. so maybe we can get an update from Marco. It'd be great to hear from yeah, him. Yeah. It'd be great to have him on. Yeah. So what, get his so, thoughts on so what, stuff. anything from your conversation with him? Uh, no, we really didn't go into too much detail. He's just really, really busy. Um, well, he, he's kind of a one man show with overcast, right? So he's trying to keep up with what's going on there. Um, it seems like his advertising program seems to be working for many podcasters. So, which is, it's an interesting kind of evolution that w we could see happen more, um, people paying to promote their shows on listening platforms. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I think we're seeing people do that on Facebook and we're seeing it probably to some degree on Twitter and other places, but I don't think we've seen it that widely in the listening apps, but you know, maybe that's, that's another way for listening apps to generate some revenue for themselves to pay for development. Mm -hmm. Because he doesn't like, it's not like he has reoccurring, he, he's dependent upon new people paying for the app. Yeah. I think he tried that, that model, right? the paid premium model. And I uh -huh. think he abandoned it. Yeah. Yeah. So here's a newbie question. And it goes back to show you exactly where people's heads are, or how, how narrow and how brainwashed they become. I was wondering if my podcast only played on Spotify, how big would it be? How big would it be possible for it to become? I'd like to have music in it on some shows, but I can't figure out if I play small clips at 15 seconds, if it would be fair use or would it only be available on Spotify because of the music clips? And of course, you know, it goes into, you know, 
long, uh, you know, long, long commentary. And um, <laughs> it's it is kind of funny that uh, you know people think that they have new podcasters that think they should only be on Spotify. It's it's really a narrow narrow, and you know where he's hosting at. Well, it's so unfortunate because it's it's kind of naive to how the how the distribution model works in podcasting from the standpoint of where's all the listeners coming from or where's all the downloads coming from? Where's, you know, it's not coming from Spotify on a huge degree. Um, so it's, it's the same thing that we've been talking about Todd off and off for a long time about, um, how much audience did Joe Rogan actually lose when he did that deal? Right. Um, I don't think anybody really knows, but there wasn't a, I think, there was an article that came out from Ashley Carmen, who was a guest on this show at one point, talking about Joe Rogan's podcast. Uh, I, I guess she talked to an analyst from Media Matters talking about, um, you know, I, I guess that analyst had listened to all the episodes and oh, did an yeah. analysis <laughs> on, the, on the show, right? Um, and, and didn't really dig into okay. this whole topic okay. of oh. the growth of audience. All right. First of all, hold on before you start right. this. Right. My opinion is that individual had an agenda. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. No, I wasn't even going to go there. Okay. I was okay. going to talk about the political <laughs> orientation right. of this, okay. Okay. this topic. I was mainly because I mean, he definitely had an opinion on, oh, yeah. on that side of things. Yep. Um, and it, whether or not it's true or not is subjective to one's position. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so it's, it really gets back to, you know, just like what you were saying about being on Spotify or being on the open platforms, right. Being across the, the ecosystem of podcasting, is it better? And are we going to see a revolving door? Is it, is a year from now, Joe Rogan going to say, Oops, I, I've had enough of Spotify time to go back open again. What's that going to do to his audience? Does, did he only grow? have a two-year deal? I don't think anybody knows. I think it's a private deal. Oh. But I think I I would have a hard time thinking that Joe would have done anything much beyond a three-year deal. Yeah. How about you? Um, hmm. I'm going to guess two. Yeah. Which means that he may be up in the this next year. Right. But also the analysis from this Media Matters person came back saying that he didn't think that Spotify had done much censoring of Joe. Well, good. And it, <laughs> but maybe I would, I would take a little bit of an exce exception to that though. Um, just based on his migration. I don't, I'm not sure that the, the media matters guy really uh, understood the context of the move. Right. right. Um, Cause when he did move, he, he, I think uh, Spotify filtered out like, I don't know, what was it, like 80 episodes or something like that? Some large amount of episodes that they felt uncomfortable moving. So Joe lost some of his archives in that transition. So it does make you, you know, wonder on that a little bit. Makes well, you go, hmm. Yeah. Well, it's someone that wants him to be censored at every turn. Right. And, and I think him pointing out that he wasn't censored, it also points out the fact that uh, maybe Spotify should censor him, right? No, they shouldn't. 
I know, but he's saying that by right. pointing it out, right? Right. Is that he was this and he said this and he said that and it's Spotify a person. Didn't, it's a person didn't, that, didn't do anything about it. It's a right. person that obviously doesn't understand the podcasting space. Yeah. Right. right. You can say what you want. Now you might catch a lot of flack for it. Yeah. There's always consequences for whatever you say. That's right. Hasn't slowed. Uh, Mr. Big Mouth, what's his name? Uh, um, Which one? Oh, the one they got kicked off. They got kicked off of everything. Uh, Alex oh, Jones. Alex Jones, right? It hasn't he's stopped. Still going. He hasn't stopped still him. Going. Yeah, still got a podcast. Right. right. He's and still, still going. he's still screaming in the mic. Well, he has a network of shows too. He's got other people creating shows on on his network. Um, that aren't him, but right. And he, and that, that reporter yeah. was pissed that he was talking with Alex Jones, you know? So it's just like, <sighs> yeah. right. D turn it off. Right. Right. You don't like it. Go to a different podcast, go to a different channel, go to a different stream. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's been the case even on commercial radio. So, right. You know? There's, yeah. So. I, re I remember when I used to listen to talk radio years and years. I mean, I mean like 20 years ago and they would have someone would come on, would be a stupid guest, not a guest, a guest or stupid caller. And they would mm -hmm. start saying something dumb and I would just instantly change the channel. I didn't want to, I didn't, I, I didn't want to listen to stupid, you know? So <laughs> it's, it's, I think listeners are smart enough to go, uh, is this really what I want to listen to? Right. You know, it's entertainment. And. Well, that's a good point, Todd. If you really think about it is has news become entertainment? Well, the mainstream news is no, it's a extension of some political parties. Well, I would, I would say Todd, and this actually, I can even look at my own behavior. Um, I'm, I'm not watching network, um, news television or cable news television anymore. I'm actually spending most of my time watching YouTube stuff these days. Me too. And yeah. listening so, to podcasts because right. it was, I, I said this, it was before the election. It got so, I mean, now that whole year, that whole, what, what, right. what year did, Biden became president this year, right? So all of 2020, yeah. right. it was like, it was so toxic. Yeah. And it was actually, anytime I had the news on, it was like my apprehension. I, I was at the office just working and I'd be like, here's something. And my apprehension level was going up. And I said, I gotta, yeah. I gotta turn this off. This is bad for me. So I turned off mainstream news right. for probably... Oh, it's, it's almost two years now. I've, I've very, very, very little. You don't, you only take five minutes to catch up for three months on news. You just turn it on and you get five minutes, you get three months worth of news in five minutes. Cause they talk about the same thing for months and months and months. So it only takes five minutes. It's no wonder people are going yeah, to YouTube true. and Facebook yeah. and going on listen to podcasts and listen to music. They don't want to listen to it. I don't know how these, it's just, <laughs> sorry. It's just the way it is. It's, they don't report. It's, 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 right. 
It's either an extension of, a, of the Democratic Party or extension of the Republican Party. One of the two. That's how mainstream right. news is. Right. That's all they are. <laughs> well, and I think we've started to see um, those those networks kind of melt down a little bit. Really, I think they're they're losing viewers. Good. Their their um, <laughs> scandals are starting to take over some of the big anchors. Yeah. Um, more and more, of course. I think that's been going on for many years but, but now. If you, but if you, right. but, but has, okay, so this is where I contend. All right, everyone said the gold standard, and this is going to date myself. <laughs> the gold standard of news was Walter Cronkite. Right. And that's the way it was for such and such date. Now, was that the way it was when Walter Cronkite was on television? Was he reporting the news? Or was he doing the same thing that they do today, but we had no other resources to cross-check, to, to, to right. compare, to talk about what they said out of that bloob tube was considered gospel. They were, they were, they were professional journalists. They reported the news and left their opinion at home. Did they? Well, for some reason, Todd, <laughs> I mean, I think also, well, that's true. Um, also, I, I believe back in those days, the the news division was kept out um, of any kind of uh, goals around profitability. Um, oh. Back in those days, I believe th those were considered by those media companies to be kind of like serving in the public what, interest. Type yeah, of exactly. Kind of like what public radio is today, right? They're they're kind of non commercial. They're they're very kind of community supporting type of organizations inside of these media companies. And I believe when they made the transition over to those organizations being part of the entertainment divisions of these big media companies, that's when you started to see the shift happen. Um, because I don't believe these big media companies were that worried about audience size, about advertisers, oh, Rob, hold any on. of that stuff. In, in, back those, in those days, in those, those days, there was ABC, CBS, and NBC. Right. That was it. There was like, you know, and, <laughs> and CBS, I think, was around back in those days. But yeah, well, CBS, yeah. ABC, CBS, and NBC. I remember right. as a child changing my antenna direction yeah. <laughs> to get a fuzzy picture right. from. As a matter of fact, I could get CBS and NBC, but ABC was kind of fuzzy because it was yeah. farther away you right. know i think where the turning point was was when cnn came on cable that's yeah. when it turned more entertainment and that's when they all changed well they had to fill a lot more airtime yeah. before <laughs> right before it was like 30 minutes every right. night that's, right. that's right. all they had that was to produce it. right yep. right so now it's like 24 7 seven days a week <laughs> so what are you going to put on the air you can't you know i, I know some television news outlets, uh, these days, you know, that do local stuff, they'll do like a 30 minute segment and they'll just repeat it over and over, right, and over again. Right. Right. Um, <laughs> but it's, you know, those days are gone, right. Where the commercial interest, uh, is totally there. And it, I, I think it does provide some bias in the content. Right? So, um, Mike in the chat room, so the news is just there to scare people. <laughs> Well, it's actually there to keep you watching. So you'll watch more of the ads. That's why they're doing it. Right. Yeah. But so all about making money. Yes. So I see that uh, Daniel J. Lewis has officially applied to join the podcast Academy board of directors. Voting will be in March. 
Yeah. He is a glutton for punishment. Actually, I submitted him for being considered for oh. being on the board like uh, over a year ago. So, all right. Um, it'd be good. I've my stint on the board uh, expires uh, next year. Are you uh, reapplying? Are you? Uh... I don't know yet. I haven't decided. Uh, you know, I have an opinion. <laughs> Not, I have an opinion about the academy. Okay, let's have it. They, I think they're under, I know it's a money thing, but I think they're underserving the space from what their original goals were. Yeah, it's a, um, if it's, and it might be money driven. It's a complicated question, right? To answer because yeah, you're right. I mean, fundamentally to do the kind of things that that organization wants to do, it takes money. Yep. And, the. Uh, the issue is, is that guess who has the most money? It's the bigger companies, right? So that's who tends to sponsor things that, uh, that who, that's who tends to have the resources to support an organization like that. And Todd, you've always said that to start something like this or even something related to something like this takes a lot of money. Takes a pile of money. Right. And so that's been, that's probably the biggest struggle that the organization has had is trying to keep you know, all parties, interested parties mm-hmm. happy with what they're doing, but yet at the same time having this ambition and this, this, uh, this quality focus that they're on, um, tends to gravitate, um, the big companies to them because it ha- has an alignment there of interests. Right. Um, and it's a struggle to keep the independent podcasters hundred percent in mind at all levels because, um, it's so difficult to define what an independent podcaster is now, mm-hmm. um, because some of these independents have deals with the bigger networks. Right. Um, so, you know, this, it's tough. And I, I applaud Daniel for jumping over there. I'm, I'm not entirely sure that he knows what he's getting into, but, um, <laughs> but that's, but, you know, I think that the board needs some people like Daniel on there. Um, to provide that kind of historical insight, like what I've been trying to do over there. I Uh, don't, I think if, I think if he is elected. Well, keep in mind, there's 20 board members. So, okay. So how many spots are open? 10 or something? Uh, yeah, I think it's probably like eight or nine, probably. So I think he'll have a hard time. Over there. Well, he's not from a big company, for one thing. And but I might be wrong. We do have a mandate to have a certain percentage on the board that are not from big companies. So th- we've tried to be very specific on that to make sure that we have balance on the board. Well, that's good. Uh, yeah. So I think genuinely, and I'll say this, you know, as representing my reputation to the industry that I think that there has been a lot of effort put forth on the, on the board to try and walk this line. But I think what, what, what we found is it's more diff- it's easier to say yeah. to do it than it is to actually do it. Um, that's the challenge. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, I, again, it's, it's, you know, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. 
You have mm-hmm. to support it with your money in hopes that they get enough money to do what they want to do. And if they don't do what you want them to do and you have a tendency to pull back your money, then they're not going to be able to do what they want to do. And they're, it's going it, to, it's so they, yeah. you, you know, you, I blind faith, you know, write my check and hoping right. that give them enough time and get them enough stuff going here. But I am a little disappointed at this point, but yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't disagree. I would, but I would also say that what they've built so far, what the organization has built so far is, has come a long ways. I mean, they've, they have accomplished a lot given the, the issues that I just talked about. Yeah. Um, and they're planning a robust event coming up here as part of podcast movement evolutions on, um, was it, uh, March 22nd, um, in Los Angeles, it's going to be a live in-person event. Um, so that is the culmination of the efforts going on, but there's, there's always projects going on inside of the organization, um, that are trying to push the envelope here and get partnerships together. I'm constantly introducing people over there to, 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 to Michelle, the executive director, um, to try and get more alliances going and more things moving. So, over there. so what does that mean? Partnerships? Well, just partnerships around events, around educational opportunities. Like I, I, I recently re- referred or, or they're an organization that's building a podcast kind of like a professional certification uh, program mm-hmm. um, that can be maybe linked up with their membership stuff. So you can get some professional training, um, to be involved in the podcasting industry at various levels. Um, so when an employer hires somebody, they, they know that this person knows their stuff about how to do this. The, the question gets back to is, um, what is that curriculum? Um, and that's where the, the, the process, that's where the rubber hits the road, right? Is, is what are these trainers training people to do in podcasting and is it correct? But what is correct, right? Especially in a medium that's evolving as fast as, as this one is right now. Um, it's becoming more professionalized. There's more people with careers in podcasting now than ever. I mean, mm-hmm. just look at LinkedIn. How many people are listing podcasting as a as their career path, right? right. Um, they've had multiple jobs. They've, they're, they're creating shows. It's just, you know, it's, it's unlike anything I've ever seen in podcasting medium especially over the last three years, it's just been crazy, but it's good. That's a, I think o- overall it's a good, good development in the medium to have more people looking at this medium as a um, place for a career. That's kind of how I looked at it 17 years ago. <laughs> well, I had no clue it was going right. to go where it was going to go. I was just wanting to do a podcast and have fun. Yeah. Well, and I think a lot of people still want to do that. Um, but more and more, sp- oh, especially on the radio side, You've just seen, I've seen so many people uh, also, um, come out of Stitcher lately. I don't know if you've noticed that too, Todd, there's been a lot of, there's been a huge exodus out of Stitcher and those people being hired, hired into other podcasting companies here over the last few months. Um, it's just been, you know, there's constantly people shifting positions out there and you can track it to some degree in pod news. Um, but I, I'm just seeing it happen like on LinkedIn, right? All, all the time. Um, so yeah, I don't know if you've noticed that. Have you picked up that Todd too much yourself? Uh, 
Yes, a little bit. Yeah. So I think that over time, we'll, I don't know. Yes, I lost my train of thought. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> that happens. It's a, uh, I guess we'll see. We'll see what happens with the Academy and what they're doing. And, and hopefully they get, you know, hopefully enough people continue to support it. They're able to do what they need to do. Yeah, I think um, they're always looking for folks to to join, obviously. And from what I understand, we've had like four times the amount of um, entries in the Ambi Awards. Oh, um, from from what we had first year. Um, so so the submission side of shows has grown quite quite well. So don't have any complaints on that. Well, that's good. So that's a <laughs> a bit of revenue uh, by it submission. Is. Yep, it is. And uh, and with that, the people who typically do that also join the organization too. So we are seeing kind of a steady growth of um, of new people joining the organization. And I think where we're at right now is trying to get sponsors in for the Am- Ambies Award. Um, right. I think there's still a few spots left. Um, on, on, on that side. So we can always improve on that kind of stuff too. So hopefully in the next year, the organization will be self-sustaining. So is, is the goal. Yeah. I just, uh, you know, if you think about the, the categories, um, let's see, I'm looking through this. Jump to your favorite category. There's podcasts here, best documentary, best interview, best comedy, best news, best sports, best true crime, best business, best fiction, best history, best nice science or tech, society, politics, entertainment, personal growth, wellness, best podcast host. Yep. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Huh. Oh, that's not like host. Okay. A host. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Actually, on on the mic host. Oh, okay, that's interesting. Script writing, production, and sound, best original score, best performer in audio fiction. So, best science or tech. What are they? And see, like looking at last year, there was seven entries. How many entries do they? How many entries do they promote? Oh, as far as nominations, yeah, you're saying, yeah. Uh, looks like seven. We've, we've varied that a little bit between the different categories, but yeah, it's, it's usually around seven. Yeah. And then how is that decided? Is that voted on by the membership or how does that work? Uh, well, the organization likes to use a term blue ribbon panel, which basically is people from the industry and members and the, and those that, you know, kind of raise their hand and say, I want to be part of that. Part of the process. Right, right. Hmm. So, and and the members have access to do that too. I got you. Well, we'll see how it goes this year. If they've had just twice as many entries. Yeah, I actually it's more than twice. It's actually almost three times wow. as many. At one hundred and fifty or two hundred and fifty uh, registration. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yep. Ouch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you get a discount uh, in the membership by combining them together. So, so you, that's that's why you, we've seen an uptick in membership too. 
So. Yeah. So, oh, is it already closed? I believe it closed. Yeah, like on the on third, the third. Or the fourth. Right. Right. Oh, the entry fee for members is a hundred bucks, and non-members one seventy-five. Right. Oh, well, well, good. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I don't. Uh, is there anything else that you can think of, Todd? That's yeah, going on in this space. It's kind of. It's we're in this doldrums of. You know, time. You know, everyone is. There's no, not going to be any, not hardly any announcements between now and the new year. It's just going to be, you know, people putting their head down and then getting ready to bug out for Christmas and New Year's. Right. Right. And hopefully recharge. So when is, when is C, um, CES? That's early January. So it's, uh, the official dates. I fly out on January 2nd. Oh, you do? Okay. Let me look here. Am I looking at the right year? Yes. January 2nd. And then the show is actually 5th, 6th, 7th, and 8th. So, which is Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. But when I get there, Monday and Tuesday will be made up of press events and everything else. Big press days on the 4th. So I guess I'll just have Sunday and Monday to drink and go to shows or something. Who knows? <laughs> but yeah, it's into a weekend this year, which is odd. So that means it'll be ghost town on Saturday. Yeah, that's true. Cause everybody wants to get back. Everyone home. will want to blast and people that have to work will be there working, but yep. So it'll be interesting. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll plan on trying to bring on the organizers of all these events that are coming up to some degree. I don't know if I'll be, able to get, be anybody from CES or NAB, but you never know. Yeah. Um, but NAB, you know, it's nothing for CES. There's nothing podcast related yeah. for CES. Yeah. Um, but we might be able to do something for podcast movement, yep. PodFest, maybe, maybe the NAB. Maybe. You know, we might be able to do, do something there. Uh, and, and then also do live on stage stuff there at some of those events as well. It'd be so, good. Yeah, would be. So, all right. So anyway, all right. Well, I guess we can call it early. That's fantastic. Call it an early if day. And I can go back to work. <laughs> you go back to work. <laughs> call it early on the show, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so anything I, that you're thinking that you want to do different with the, with the new media shows, you lead into the new year, anything None. We're staying once a week. Around? We're not going back to two weeks, twice a week. I thought, I thought maybe you were going to be thinking three, three times a week. No, 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 okay. no, no. I'm no. just joking. Of course not. Nope. Actually, I want to get, get started going with my own podcast. I'm getting close. Oh, you're going to start another one? New one? Yeah. It'll just be mostly audio. I think at this point, I haven't decided if I want to go into video or not. Well, you're all set up for video. Yeah, I am. You that just, may be later in the year. You just need to bring that wall that's behind you, or you need to slide your desk a little closer to that wall and put, right. put a bookshelf back there or something where you can stack stuff up. So, Oh, and you got to figure out how to not have that train blow through there at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> well, I actually am going, going, going to be moving. Oh, so. you are? Yeah. Oh, where? Any hints on where you're moving to? Mm, just, just uh, maybe about forty minutes from here. Oh. So. Uh, yep. what city? Or do you want to say or not yet? Uh, in Connecticut. Oh, okay. So, yeah. 
All right. So, well, yeah. Uh, good for you. I'm not so going I'll anywhere. <laughs> different, you know, I'll have a different setup here soon. When, when is that happening? Probably, probably not till February. Oh, so. okay. All right. Yeah. Awesome. Just, just prior to the spring onslaught of events. Yeah. Just, just when you don't need to move and you're going to be busy moving. So. Yeah. Um, yep. here's my advice you pack it up hire someone to carry the boxes <laughs> I'm definitely going to do that plus there's I've already got it already um, mostly locked down and uh, there's not going to be any train tracks so. <laughs> that's good <laughs> it's quiet no no train tracks close to you because no, I'm sure you get that in the middle of the night too oh yeah <laughs> pretty much 24-7 yeah oh my god that's funny. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what I hear out of the hotel in Vegas where I stay. Cause I stay at the, at, you know, where I stay in Vegas is close to the train track. So if I'm on the wrong side of the building, I hear them at two o'clock in the morning going through too. <laughs> so, yeah. It's every, not a good sound to, to be woken up to in the middle of the night. Yeah. Well, you'd be supposed to become immune to it. You're not supposed to, you know, you're supposed to sleep through it by now. Your brain's supposed to just kind of ignore it. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> you get one conductor that's pissed off and he blows yeah, all the way through. They, they, they come through with the, with the roar, right? It's like, I'm going to wake the neighbor, neighborhood up. You know they're laughing when they're doing that, too. That's right, that's right. They're so, oh, I was, I was blowing the horn for the drunk that was on the track. Right, right, when there's nobody out anywhere at four in the morning, right, yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm Todd at Blueberry.com at Geek News on Twitter. Rob? I'm on Twitter, too, at Rob Greenlee. And you can definitely, I post there quite a bit. And got I'm on Facebook and Instagram and and doing all sorts of stuff there, too. So um, you can send me an email, robg at Lipson.com if you want to reach out to me. Uh, Great to hear from you. And we occasionally hear from folks. Yep. Sending and, us stuff, so it's and, good to hear from people. And you should go over to the newmediashow.com website, newmediashow.com. When you're over there, go ahead and follow or subscribe to the podcast. It's right there on the side panel of the website. We appreciate when you do that. But uh, we'll be back here Wednesday at the same time, 3 p.m. Eastern live. If you want to watch us live, otherwise the podcast gets put up uh, usually 24 hours after the show. So everyone, okay. thanks for being here. We'll see you okay. next time. Bye. Bye.